Welcome to Clash on the Potty with your hosts, Tribe of Judah and Proverbs 31. Sit back on your porcelain throne and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Clash on the Potty. I'm Tribe of Judah, and this is my lovely wife, Proverbs 31. Hi. And today is not going to be a normal episode. Today we have a special guest, Klaus from Klaus Gaming. Hey Klaus, how you doing? Hey man, what's going on? Thanks for having me on the uh, potty. I'm really excited. (laughs) We're very grateful to have you here. So. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. I try to spend time on the potty every day, but today's really a special time. Do you do you class on the potty, Klaus? Oh yeah. Dude. <laughs> I think I if think anyone, does. yeah, I was gonna say if there's anyone that says they've never clashed on the potty, I think they're lying. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So. So we got some questions for you. All right, you ready? Sure, but uh, be prepared for questions being thrown right back at your oh. oh, yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, what, <laughs> whatever. So, um, so I got questions from my clan mates, like the leaders of my clan. So, Sam says, what would you like to see added in Clash in 2020? That's a great question. Um, I think that Supercell has, in the last couple of, in the last year, let's just say year, Mm-hmm. They've they've become a lot more liberal with their updates. You know, like before they would release things in tiny little segments and it would take years to get new town halls. And now they have this predictable pattern of it seems to be releasing a town hall every year. So mm-hmm. I think that we're getting content. We're getting whether you're a content creator or, you know, or just a casual player, everyone is getting something exciting on a pretty regular basis. So that's. That's always the first argument as well. They just haven't released the gem mine yet. You know, I've been asking for it for five years. Well, no, they've, they've done that. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're on the right track. But I had this idea, and I know this is, a lot of people probably won't like this idea, but I, I think it'd be kind of cool to release a whole new resource. Um, something that's even more rare with maybe the next town hall level or something like that. I mean, I had originally uh, thought, how cool would it be if there was this resource I, in my head, it was holy elixir. It was white. You know, it wasn't huh. black like dark elixir. It wasn't purple like regular elixir. It was white. And instead of finding thousands or millions of it per raid, you only find uh, maybe a, a dozen or less. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a very it's a very small number. It feels rare. It feels um, very special, and it's used for whatever you can imagine i mean maybe it's to upgrade a new hero if if supercell releases a new hero soon mm-hmm. or uh maybe it's got magical properties you can speed up stuff with it or or whatever again it would need to be rare for that to be a thing but mm-hmm. they haven't released a new resource since town hall nine yeah and i mean that was a long time ago <laughs> that is that is a long time ago i think when we started playing like the max town hall was 10 and it's been like Five, almost five years that we've been playing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I started playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my channel, I started my channel in November, uh, and, to, and Town Hall 11 came out in December of 2015. Oh, wow. So you're looking at, yeah, it's been it's been a long time since Town Hall 9 was new. So yeah. I don't know. I just think something cool like a, a new resource, and again, that's that adds more complexity, mm-hmm. which I think Supercell would want to avoid if they can. But you can. There's only one direction to move with these updates, and it's more complexity. Yeah, like I know they totally killed the resourceler idea, which I understand why they did. So, because it would <laughs> totally be like awful for rating if they had that thing on there. So. Absolutely. Imagine if you could convert, even if the ratio was awful, even if you burned half, like an entire storage of elixir for half a storage of gold, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing it for a reason. You're going to spend it and then you get nothing. And then people trying to raid you are depressed. Because you have <laughs> yeah, loot, I know. Because, you know? so, yeah, even like where I'm at in league right now, it's like I'm hitting the next button for like ever before I get to the next raid that's worth it so yeah well you got to get up to legend league 
Yeah. Up there is perfect. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about pushing this weekend, and I'm like, it's just not a good weekend for that. So, yeah. Is it ever, though? Is it ever a great weekend for pushing? No, probably not, especially with the clouds and Titan and, yeah, no. Because I'm getting close to, like, I think I'm at, like, 3,900-something, but I don't know. Getting there. Yeah, getting there. Um, okay, another question from Sam was, do you have ideas of improvements that would make more people enjoy the builder base? Well, that's a great question as well. Uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam's got some good questions. The Again, Supercell has done some amazing things with builder base since it's been released. I think it was incredibly popular for about three minutes yeah. once it was released. And then people thought, nah, maybe not. And then... Some people really took to it. Most of us didn't. I didn't. I still haven't, to be honest. Yeah. But in the most recent update, Supercell gives us the opportunity to raid without waiting on our troops. And this was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Now I can get on there. I can raid, raid, raid. I'm done. I may or may not win. I usually don't. That's not the point. The point is when you're trying to wait for your troops, but you got to be on the potty, you get on builder base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I like, I like to see the accomplishment. So I will, I will play builder base just to like get my daily, like three, what is it? Like coins or whatever. The little hatchets. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> for the season pass, they've, ins- they've figured out a way to make us play just enough, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's a great question. I would have said quit making us wait on troops. Yeah. But they just did that. So I, I don't honestly don't know what would make Builder Base more fun. I think the idea of pinning everybody against each other for this epic ladder situation where you don't have to wait for clouds, you you have a, a one-on-one battle situation. And now that they've solved the tiebreaker situation to where now if it's a tie, three stars, whoever did it faster wins. It's funny is that I was in talks with Supercell, not before, but just after Builder Base, and that was one of the things that we recommended was you really should make it to where tiebreakers are settled by the time that this took to, to happen. You know, whoever did it faster. And their their exact answer was they didn't want people to prioritize the faster moving troops. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like they've decided, nah, maybe that's worth it. Maybe that's okay. And I think that that was a good thing. So I think Supercell showed that they can be flexible as well. Mm-hmm. And that's great. As far as improving the experience of Builder Base, see, can you tell I'm struggling for a real answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody kind of has that same general opinion of Builder Base from my experience, like just talking with people about it. So yeah, I, I think that they they could probably. I mean, they they're doing okay at releasing new troops and keeping it interesting with new upgrades and stuff like that. I just think that for me personally, I'm a I'm a loyal guy. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the way I am. I've had the same co-leaders in my clan for like five years now. It's just it's just w- the way I'm wired. So when you want to pull my attention away from my home village, my main village especially, where that's where my virtual, let's just say my virtual home is, right? If, I'm, if I want to get away from my real life, I go to my Clash of Clans village. That's my home. That's where I live. Yeah. Or maybe my Minecraft house that I built. We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> oh, by the way, my kids love your Minecraft videos. So <laughs> yeah, they're fun. It's a nice diversion for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, basically, what I'm trying to say is, I'm. It's hard for me to pull my attention away from my main village. I feel like if I spend time on Builder Base, I'm not really spending my time in a beneficial way. And that's just me. Again, a lot of people enjoy Builder Base and think it's awesome, but. I, I'm just not a fan. Not yeah. a huge fan. Yeah. So another question from Sam is, if you didn't have your YouTube channel, what would you do? <laughs> if I didn't have my channel, what would I do? I'm assuming that means, like, do for a living? Yeah, or... I think that's what he means. Okay, well, I was, before I was a YouTube star, just kidding, I'm, I'm working on that. We're about to hit half a million, so... That's that, awesome. I feel like if you're... If you hit a million, you're pretty, you're legit. Mm-hmm. Before you hit a million, you're like a rising, you know, maybe after half a million, you're a rising star. Before half a million, you're still just a goober running around <laughs> yelling at a webcam. So I'm, I'm there. I'm right on the cusp of that. But um, 
before I was attempting to be a YouTuber, I was a martial arts instructor. I uh, taught kids how to beat each other up, and that was <laughs> nice. awesome. I really enjoyed it. That's so cool. So, odds are, what would have happened is I would have pushed the business harder because I eventually, once the channel started to grow and I saw some potential, I started backing off on spending my extra time on the martial arts school and was focusing more on the YouTube channel because I saw that it had more potential. Mm -hmm. But if the channel had never taken off, then I probably would be doing the martial arts full time and potentially have spread to other cities as well. Try to diversify a little bit. Mm -hmm. Dude, that sounds awesome. I, I couldn't, I, I just never pictured you as a martial artist. So yeah. Well, Catfish actually wanted to ask if you still practice, what was it? Taekwondo? Yes, it was um, yeah. the traditional style of Taekwondo. It's called Mudokwan. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically the type of because right now you have a very sports type of, of taekwondo where all they really focus on is the competition but if you have the more traditional style like I was involved in mm -hmm. then you focus more on uh, control discipline, balance things like that and it, I think that that type is actually much more beneficial to an individual than mm -hmm. let's say the type where it's like hey just go beat up that kid yeah. and see if you win you know like that's <laughs> That may not have positive repercussions for somebody, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do practice, but on a, a more internal, in an, a more internal way. Not necessarily can I beat this bag up. It's more of a you know, spend some time just breathing, focusing, centering myself. That's why I've never had a problem with the burnout problem that a lot of YouTubers and streamers and stuff deal with. Is because because of martial arts. I'm going to give all the all the credit to martial arts. Um, I'm very in tuned with where my mind is at, where my mental state is at. I'm able to step back and get away from stuff if I realize that I'm overdoing it or uh, or tired in any kind of way. So very grateful for my martial arts training and would like to get back into beating up a bag eventually, but I don't <laughs> have a spot for it in my house. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Catfish, who came up with a lot of our questions, um, some of them are pretty funny. So, but... uh. Cool. Uh, first, he wants to know what town hall level was your favorite, and which was the most frustrating. Ha! My answer for <laughs> my answer is the same for both. <laughs> yes. So the most fun, the most fun moment for me in Clash of Clans was when I upgraded, uh, when I unlocked my queen for the very first time. So that would be Town Hall Nine. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember going in, I was a level one queen. I filmed this experience. I believe it's it's on YouTube still five years ago. Is my first queen walk, which was a complete disaster. I mean Did you say with I, a with a level one queen? Oh yeah. I was trying it out. <laughs> I wanted to wanted to experience that for the first time and it was a disaster. Things went terrible. But the ability to shoot over walls was mind blowing to me. Just absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, I know, I know archers can do it, but they're weak and they get destroyed. Yeah. No, you get yourself an archer queen doing it after you're so used to the static experience of a Town Hall 8. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, you, there, it's a feeling that cannot be replaced for someone who's passionate about the game. Yeah. But it was also very frustrating because, again, I wanted her to be stronger. She would die at the drop of a hat. You know, mm. so I wanted to upgrade her, <laughs> but then I couldn't use her while I was upgrading her. So that was probably the most yeah. frustrating moment for me was also the, it was like a bittersweet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to upgrade her, get her stronger, didn't want to not have her. So don't you really wish irritating. they had the books back then? So you could have just like gotten her right up and used her again. Oh, that would have been glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so... And what has your favorite series been that you've filmed? Like Fix That Rush, Fix Fix That Engineer, you know, or Town Hall Let's Plays, Farm to Max. Do you have a favorite? You know, I that's a great question. Um, my series are always so long term. You know, I, mm -hmm. I have I've done very few series that were like five episodes, ten episodes. You know, they're always beginning to the end, so let's go all the way. Let's finish what we started. Mm -hmm. That's very martial artsy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Taekwondo teaches you patience. And 
So there's not that many. It's interesting now that you think about it. Now that, now that I start thinking back, I don't have that many series. I mean, obviously, I've done Let's Plays of every town hall level, many of them more, like more than once. Mm-hmm. The two that were very unique was Fix That Rush and Fix That Engineer. And I think that Fix That Rush was probably the most influential on me and on my audience. Because mm-hmm. whenever I first started it, I think I was at roughly 10,000 subs, maybe less maybe more, roughly around 10,000. And then by the time I finished it, we were up over 100,000. Nice. So wow. many people witnessed that that uh, that series. And I have a feeling that that, sh- that series was what grew my channel. So for me, the experience of both, you know, unrushing a Town Hall 10, which was awful, mm-hmm. and that was really hard, to also seeing what it did to my channel and seeing a lot of people look fondly back on that channel or back on that series and saying, hey, that, that account came from Squat, and now it's, you know, uh, it's a trying-to-be-maxed Town Hall 12. It's just a really cool, uh, a really neat experience for me. Cool to look back on. Yeah. So, Catfish also wants to know, there have been a lot of changes in Clash of Clans throughout the years. Are there any you would like to see taken back? For, exi- for instance, Catfish liked... How, like, the certain defenses, like Big Bombs, did more damage to Hogs, and how P.E.K.K.A.s took extra damage from hidden Teslas, so it made it a different challenge, and now those are, like, gone. Is there anything you wish was still in place? Hold on. You say Catfish would like the yeah, big bombs to do double damage well, to hogs? <laughs> what? He said he liked, like, the challenges it brought to the game, so... Oh, Especially man. now with people putting the hogs in the barracks. I love like, hogs. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But I love hogs too. I would hate to see them die to double giant bomb again. That was the worst. <laughs> it um, was. I think that the way Supercell has incorporated some I'm gonna give a lot of credit to Darian right now because Darian has been so good at helping Supercell both balance the game within their own organization where they see things and they fix it, but he's also been so good at siphoning the information from the community, from the forums, from YouTube comments. He's, he's even messaged me. He's like, hey, what's up with this comment in your comment sections? Explain it to me. And I'll, I'll tell him, I was like, yeah, this is the thing that my audience have noticed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he'll be like, cool, I'll, I'm going to talk to the team about that. So, you know, Darian has been uh, paramount in, in helping supercell balance clash of clans in a, in a very good in a very real way and i think that by making defenses do certain extra damage to certain troops mm-hmm. can can lend itself can lend the system to more weaknesses whereas if you have just a blanket of okay this is what this thing does yeah. no special exceptions then you're able it's it's easier to balance that from a programming standpoint so i don't really necessarily think that it would be a good thing if they started adding those back in i think they, it was a, a good move to take them away in fact i finally figured out an answer to a question from earlier or maybe this is the second answer to the same question but in the the topic of you know adjusting things maybe we should get traps in the walls i know this is a very Ooh. this is very uh common thought I, th- I think a lot of people have thought of this before but what if instead of having like gear ups for our defenses what if we're able to unlock certain walls that uh prevent air troops like they've got this force field bam that pops up from the top right mm-hmm. it prevents air troops from passing them or you know just little things like that bombs that go off that are inside of the wall that prevent wall breakers from taking them out but it's only a one-time thing it's a trap or whatever i think that adding a little more dynamic to the walls would uh, definitely benefit the game, not just on the main village, but also on the builder base. Yeah. That would be awesome, except uh, I already suck with wall breakers, so... <laughs> yeah. Don't we all, buddy? <laughs> I just use that wrecker now, man. Yeah, I was trying oh, yeah. I was trying the super wall breakers, and they were not going where I wanted them to go. So I was like... <gasps> hey, at least those can survive a giant bomb, so those super wall breakers are pretty nice. Yeah. It's true. So. Yeah, they are. They are true. It's but what was frustrating about those was that we were forced to bring so many for our free gems. Yeah. Um, we only needed one of them, maybe two. 
Mm-hmm. Not four. I had to bring four on my Town Hall 13 to get my gems. <laughs> Supercell made me work for that, but we got it done. I also think it's like a lot of DE when you're trying to grind out your heroes to have to pay that each week for super troops. It's way too much. 50000 a week? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you are trying to grind your heroes, then... You're gonna, you're not gonna want to do that for yeah. your super troops. And as far as I'm concerned, none of the super troops are overpowered. Uh, I don't necessarily care to to use them on mm-hmm. any accounts that I'm needing dark elixir. But on my tunnel 13, or maybe like let's say you max out your king and your queen on your 11 or your 12, and you don't need dark elixir for a while as you finish your walls or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity. It's a good way to burn your dark elixir without it just sitting in your storages. That's true. Yeah, going back to the super wall breakers, I did watch a judo sloth video, and he had I don't know sixteen to twenty of those suckers, <laughs> and then he had a he had a queen walk on one side, a warden walk on the other side. I think it was like seven healers, four on the queen, three on the warden, um, both on the corners. I think he might have had maybe a couple yetis. I'm not sure, but he just spammed that base with those super wall breakers. And it looked like, I know that is not a good strategy for war, but it looked like so much fun that I, I was doing it all week long. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. It gets your queen, it gets your queen like everywhere in the base, man. Yeah. Super yeah, fun. It's, it's cool because you still have spells. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a huge benefit for sure. Uh, leave it to Judo. Let's give Judo a shout out right now. Yeah. Leave it to him to make up something like that and make it look fun and enjoyable. That guy's awesome. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm more of a farmer myself. I'm not really super, I'm not really a super war guy. So um, our clans are more of a far, more farming clans, the Icy Golem, not your clan. Um, my wife's in a different clan. She's in Guild of Grace. Um, they're more war oriented, but I'm more of a farmer. So anything that looks really fun, <laughs> I usually, I usually try it out. So mm-hmm. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So Catfish also says you're, you seem like a numbers guy as your upgrade guides always tend to include information like how much DPS versus the cost in both loot and time that certain upgrades add to your base. Do you enjoy that type of number crunching? And how much time does that take to do all that prep work for that video? <laughs> I'm about to sound like a total weirdo. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone watching, listening to this. Um, you're about to find out something very weird about me. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I love it. When I, Especially when I was first doing it, first time. It's like, okay, I'm a brand new Tunnel 10. My upgrade's going to be done tomorrow morning. Let's pull all the information off of the wiki and let's figure out what the best upgrades are. You're like the mystery and breaking down the mystery and figuring out literally the best things to do based on math and logic. Um, I mean, just ask my wife. I drove her nuts because I would spend so long figuring it all out and then being able to execute that and share that information and say, Hey, I've done all the work for you. Now you just need to listen to me and do what I do it, you know, do what the math says and you'll be successful. I love that kind of stuff. I mean, (laughs) like, um, like uh, Tribe was saying a minute ago with my Minecraft series, I mean, there is, because I'm doing a, a Minecraft with like a tech mod included, um, there's a lot of like huge buildings and machines that I'm building and it requires a lot of math to calculate how much, you know, resources I need for it. And that that part, figuring it out, is more fun to me than the actual filming. Awesome. Huh. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because I did see you like solve a Rubik's cube like it was no big deal. So, <laughs> but. yeah. Well, the Rubik's cube is cool because as soon as you learn how to do it, because there there is a a set you know algorithm for each little uh, pattern in the the Rubik's cube. If you see something in particular, you know, okay, to solve this, you got to do this particular move. There's only like ten of those altogether. Mm-hmm. So. If you just learn those 10 things, you can solve the Rubik's Cube no matter how messed up it is. Huh. Wow. Interesting. So it's actually, it's, you know, you demystify the Rubik's Cube. It's actually not that bad, but believe me, it took a long time to remember. Uh, As I was sitting there streaming, I was going over it in my head, just making sure I wouldn't look like a fool. (laughs) And uh, learning it was hard, too. I mean, I was in uh, high school, and I think I worked on it for a full, at least two days of, like, 
all day working through it and could you only yeah. see like a Rubik's cube when you went to sleep at night? Like I know there was one summer I just played solitaire all summer and like I'd go to sleep and all I could see was cards. <laughs> like... Oh yeah. You dream about it. You, you, you go through the patterns in your head while you're trying to fall asleep. I mean, it's better than counting sheep. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Catfish also wanted to know what your favorite place is or event that your career has taken you as a content creator and why. That is easy. So my very first stream that I actually casted with Galadon was by far the most exciting, the scariest, most awesome trip ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I was in Finland. I don't remember that detail, but I was. Uh, it was the fifth anniversary or maybe it was sixth no it was it was it was the fifth i i saw it okay so the fifth anniversary was scary as heck because (laughs) i mean it played right into my character right my my the the klaus persona it's supposed to be kind of zany kind of fun just have fun with it but also try to you know uh, introduce new tips and tricks to whoever's listening so it's kind of a blend Mm -hmm. of all the different types of personalities all in one but that's what they wanted out of that was like a lot of energy for the entire time. And it was a long stream and it was scary because I was, I'd never done it before. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, millions of people are going to watch this and Galadon's here and Galadon's a big shot. And I'm scared of, you know, embarrassing him. You know, it was just like everything coming at once. So the moment when, cause we were sitting in these little lawn chairs next to this fire. It was an indoor fire, by the way. I don't think you're even allowed to do that in the United States. I'm glad we were in <laughs> Europe. Probably not. <laughs> wow. But we were sitting there in these chairs. We were going to do our intro, and we had gone over the lines like 20 times because I was scared, nervous, and could remember them. And the moment that we got it in our ear, because we had these little earpieces where they would talk to us in the middle of the stream, the moment they said, okay, we're live in three, two, one. And I remember every time he would count three, my heart would, would pop. Two, my stomach would drop. One, I'm going to throw up. We're live. <laughs> And it was like the scariest 30 seconds of my life. But it was interesting because after a few seconds, I realized, oh, this is the same thing that I've been doing every day for a couple of years now. I'm just doing it in front of people. (laughs) So the work is no different. It's just the the scene, the setting is different. (laughs) So got over the nerves at that point but that's by far the most memorable the most exciting moment was that very first stream that very first 30 seconds oh man you're a natural at it though yeah for sure so so i i have a question um this i don't know if it's on there or uh, not, i can skip it if it is <laughs> so no big deal galadon has 16 accounts 16 accounts i don't know how he manages all those accounts or <laughs> It's crazy. But how many do you have? That's a good question. Uh, I think seven, eight, something like that. Oh, wow. It's my goal to end up with one of every town hall level. Oh, nice. And I know that was his goal as well, but I don't know why he would have 16. That sounds crazy to me. But <laughs> I think seven sounds crazy. Right. Um, but yeah, having a 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, I think four would be the 10th account, mm-hmm. you know, and then being able to do those 10 v 10s on my own would be the ultimate goal. Oh, uh, but wow. the problem is by the time I finally get close to being done, Supercell releases a new town hall. <laughs> so I've got to figure out, okay, which one's going to move up and which one's going to fill that gap. So it's like a never ending puzzle for me to try to get to that point to where I'm finally like, yes, I got a max of every town hall and I'm finally ready to start this epic se- uh, series that I want to do one day. But I'm a little ways away. If I only have seven accounts, I've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. That's true. So actually, somebody actually somebody pointed out that my accounts, the first letter in my accounts, spell my name. Interesting. And I never really realized this, but I've got Klaus, my main, and that's a K. And then I have Lincoln, which is that fix that engineer, and that's the L. Archimedes, which is the A. <laughs> Ulysses, which is the U, and Solomon, which is the S. That's I had so no funny. idea. Huh. Wow. That is so funny <laughs> that it worked out that way. We just got Tribe like to do his after like coffee sizes for his m- multiple accounts. 
That's awesome. So, and then um, you kind of already answered this for us before we recorded, but you and Galadon make such a fantastic casting team for Supercell. Would you ever consider going back and doing that at all, like casting? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I would. I mean, it was... It's you know how every grandparent has these stories that they tell their grandkids mm-hmm. and they say they tell them that same story 50 times over throughout the course of their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, th- that'll be me talking about casting in Europe with Galadon. Mm-hmm. That's that those are my memorable moments. Like my grandfather was in the military and he shared his war stories. I'm going to be telling kids about how I casted alongside Galadon. You know, that's just how how dynamic of a memory that is for me. So I would absolutely do it again. And I'm, I'm assuming that going into why I quit would be a, a good transition for for this question. If you don't mind me going into it, I think it'd be kind of educational. That's totally um, fine. Cool. So it was real simple, real simple. A lot of people, they assume the worst. So whenever I quit casting, I got lots of DMs, lots of comments, lots of tweets um people saying what happened did you and super solve a fallout did you fight with galadon did <laughs> you, you and woody fight you know something like that i mean did you and renee fight what happened why did you not like why did you and galadon both quit and it was nothing like that there was no it was actually quite sad we everybody was kind of sad about the fact that we both were we're gonna quit but it was it was kind of a decision that i had made um going into the last trip that i went on was the traveling was tough Mm-hmm. It really was. I mean, if you've never traveled, then it's impossible to imagine. But if you if you just imagine with me how you feel after you've stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. If you if you stay up all night, if you make it to the dead of night past three p.m. or three a.m. If you make it to the sun rises, and then you go to sleep. Whenever you wake up after that moment, you you're usually feeling pretty terrible. Yeah. And that feeling is jet lag that's the same feeling that you have when you have jet lag and jet lag is a very real thing so it takes you about a day per hour that of time zone that you that you travel so for me it was a seven hour time zone shift between home and the casting site Mm -hmm. so it would take me seven days to recover from the initial travel and i was only there generally five to seven days so i would finally start to feel normal and then fly home and then have another seven days to recover again. So you're looking at two weeks out of every month where I was just not in the right state of mind, exhausted. And again, I don't want to make, make it sound like it was a horrible experience. It was an amazing experience. But that that kind of travel every single month starts to wear on you. And after doing that for just about two years, I decided that for my health and for my marriage, um, I needed to step back from doing all that traveling. Mm-hmm. And it was as simple as that, just for my own health. Yeah. So. But you may do it again <clears throat> in the future. I would absolutely do it again. Um, I've been home for something like six months now. Not home. Well, we've all been home for several months now. But I mean, like, <laughs> not traveling for the past few months. And it has been wonderful. Um, I would love to do it again. I wouldn't do it every month. I would do it every three, six months. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't do it every month. But I would definitely... I mean, I think I've already messaged uh, my Supercell contact there and said, hey, you know, if you ever want to do a stream and you feel like my personality would fit the casting role that you're looking for, then I would absolutely love to come do it, maybe as a one-time thing, maybe every, like I said, every three to six months or something like that. But I Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to do it every month. There was actually a time when I went to Europe there and back twice in one month. And that was brutal. Yeah. I, yeah, I've done like, I've gone to England and Scotland and that was like an eight hour time difference. And I was like, I was telling Trav, I'm like, I don't know how these guys do it like once a month having to travel that great of a distance and be on their game and everything. It just seems like a lot. Oh, that was an <laughs> ongoing, that was a going uh, joke was, all right, where's your Red Bull? Where's your coffee? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you loaded up? Let's go. Because like, that was what you guys are watching on the stream. You guys are seeing the 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 perfectly strategically timed coffee high yeah. was was during the stream, and and it's hard to with you know to hold it up. That's why by the end of the stream, there's a notable noticeable difference between 
energy levels from the beginning to the end just because you just, you know, you can't keep it up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a funny question from Catfish. It's, Have you ever met Peter $17 and is it true that he is far more handsome than Galadon? I have never <laughs> met Peter. I haven't. I have, I have asked everybody I know how to get in touch with that guy. Um, but yes, I, I believe that the uh, the rumors are true that he is significantly handsomer than Galadon, <laughs> which is hard to believe. Handsome uh. devil. Um, but no, I have never met him and I, I probably never will. Yeah. I'm trying to think if this question, I'm trying to think if this next question is like still valid because like you, you made your big station, uh, space station announcement like yesterday, right? Or the day before? Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so you're joining NASA? <laughs> oh, I wish man. Lift off. It's time to start colonizing Mars. Get away from COVID-19. <laughs> Oh, I guess it does. It's like now that more ESL, like ESL and esports organizations are getting more interested in Supercell games, what sort of impact do you think that will have on Clash of Clans community? I think that competition is good for the longevity of a community. I think that it's not necessary exactly, but I think it has a good impact. It gives people something to, to reach for. There are a lot of people out there that if there's no competition in it, they're not in it. They don't care. I'm not that type of person. I'm, I'm really just kind of self propelled. I like mm -hmm. to just get in there, develop my bases and I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm cool with being solo. I'm cool with being casual, but there's a lot of people out there who must have that end goal that in uh, goal, if it ends up being on a stage winning a million dollars with their clan mates, then great. That, that sounds cool. So the mm -hmm. more kind of stuff like this that we get in the community, the better. I think it creates more opportunity for content creators as well. I can't help but be bent in that direction. I have a lot of friends, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of streamers that just love that stuff. They love the events. They want to get in on it. Um, they want to, you know, ride the wave and just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm all for it. I think that the more of that, the better. And of course, being an uh, being a community manager and being sponsored by Space Station Gaming, we all know which clan I'm going to be cheering for. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, does anyone... Not because I have to or anything. Not <laughs> because, but because they're the best. They're the, the best. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone else in your family play Clash of Clans? No, actually. Uh, no one does. No one ever has. No one ever has ever tried. My sister tried, actually, but she's 13 years younger than I am, so I'm almost 30, getting there pretty soon, so she's just, she's a teenager still, and um, when she started trying to play, she was far too young. Uh, she started, she said it was boring, and she quit playing and hadn't played it since, because it is quite a technical game, and we mm -hmm. forget that it, I mean, things that become second nature to us are not second nature to a new player that's why i love doing lower content like lower level town hall content on my channel because i think that it's important to remember that there are many thousands of new players every day mm -hmm. according to uh rumors <laughs> so i i just yeah but no i've always been alone in yeah. that regard there is someone in my bible study we have a, a weekly bible study from my church we have a whole bunch of uh uh young adults so, you know, we got a few couples and we get together with them now virtually, but before just together. Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious because we, anytime we have someone new, we kind of go around and give ourselves a little introduction. And I introduced myself um, and I said, you know, I have a YouTube channel. And then one of the, the new guy, his eyes popped out of his head. He said, I have you in my sub box. And he pulls out <laughs> his phone and sure enough, my video from the day was there and it was hilarious because now that's the thing that we have in common is <laughs> now we can relate on that level. Whereas I can't do that with anybody else in my, what would you call it? Your real life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and catfish says that you have filmed a lot of vlogs or maybe not a lot, but you filmed vlogs in the parking lot of Chick-fil-A. What is your go-to order at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was a tradition uh, for a long time. Whenever I was traveling, my wife and I would drive in and we would pick up Chick-fil-A on our way to the airport and we would eat it in the parking lot of the airport and or in the parking lot of the Chick-fil-A. It just kind of depended on how hungry we were. And then 
I would get out of the plane or out of the car, grab my bag and go and fly for, you know, the big trips. And it was funny because at first my go-to was that spicy chicken deluxe. Oh, mm. I love that spicy chicken deluxe. But I realized that I was starting to, you know, near the end of it, near the end of the traveling trip period of my life, I was developing a bit of a flying anxiety, which is uh, basically it's an underwhelming uh, not an underwhelming, like an underlying uh, emotion that you have that you don't even realize is there, and but you do feel the symptoms. And my symptoms from this flying anxiety was uh, stomach. My stomach would feel very uh, irritated, and I couldn't eat. If I was on the plane for, sometimes I'd fly for 24 hours, you know, from one stop to finally getting home. I'd always have like two or three layovers. I could not eat during the entire trip because if I did, my I would feel sick. So I had to switch from a spicy sandwich to the non-spicy sandwich because it actually wasn't near as uh, uh, effective on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I don't travel, the spicy deluxe is now my, my absolute 100% um, go-to. <laughs> we just got, like, Chick-fil-A out here, like, a couple of years ago. So, like, we're still, we're still Chick-fil-A noobs. Chick-fil-A is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Actually, um, once the stock market dropped, I was like, dang, I need to invest in some companies. And I started looking around, trying my best. Turns out, Chick-fil-A is not a public company. I really wanted to invest into oh, some Chick-fil-A, buy a share, you know, just to say I own some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Can't do it. It's really sad. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Also, you've done some charity streams, and would you like to shout out any of the charities you supported? Absolutely. Uh, the charity streams are kind of a, a bi-monthly thing for me right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to do them more often, but then there's also that risk of tapping out your audience, and that's not good. I'd rather have more, like fewer streams that end up being more epic. So I think bi-monthly seems to be the way to go. Um, my first stream was to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital because they're just an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. They provide free healthcare, and not just, I mean, for, for, yeah, no, I mean, I, I can't get into the details, but it's just a, an incredible organization that is changing lives and it's not costing those people anything. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the bottom line is that they're not costing the, the people that are getting well, anything for it. And so uh, as soon as COVID came out and, and I did a, a, a big, you know, a, a charity stream right after the market had dropped and tons of people were out of work and everything, I was like, well, we're just going to do this. And, you know, if anybody out there, you know, still donates, then that, that would be just mind blowing. I didn't expect to hit our, our goal or anything. It was just like anything helps, you know. And I decided to go back with St. Jude because it's a medical. And at that point, especially in the media, maybe not so much in reality, but in the media, the medical field was going to implode because the COVID-19 mm -hmm. was going to wipe us all out, you know, and that didn't happen. I mean, it, it was pretty bad in some places, but it wasn't as bad as we all expected. Mm -hmm. But I still thought the very best thing we could support right now is anything in the medical field. And so I stuck with St. Jude Children Research Hospital. I probably will go back to them once again uh, mm -hmm. because I, I feel like that they're just one of the best organizations there is out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and Catfish... Catfish also wanted to know if you have anything big planned for once you hit 500,000 subs. I have no idea. I, <laughs> I've been asked that so many times. Like, what are you going to do for 500,000? I'm like, I'm the worst at coming up with these things. I mean, I did um, for 100,000, I think I did a gem spree where I just spent like, I don't know, $100 or something on the game. And for me, that's a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't gem. I'm not the gemming type. And mm -hmm. I've always kind of made that be the, the bottom line of my channel is, hey, you can do this for free if you really want to. And this is how. I'm not going to spend money on, the, on anything. And, of course, I do buy the gold pass. But I do that because the one gem donations are the best. Okay? That's why I do it. But yeah. and I can't complain. The skins are pretty cool, too. But, um, <laughs> ah, man. I forgot the question. I'm totally <laughs> blanking. What did you ask? It's all good. Oh, what you're going to do once you hit like 500,000 subs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, uh, that was what I was getting at was 
that was weird. At my that, that was a blonde moment. Let's just say that was a blonde <laughs> moment. Um, so five hundred thousand. I mean, obviously, you know, doing stuff that's live is a lot more fun because you can have the sub count on the screen. You hit it, everyone goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. I've been streaming on D Live lately. It's a new platform. It's a lot of fun to to kind of start off new. The audience is smaller. It's a lot mm-hmm. more intimate to be able to chat with everybody. Who knows where we'll be at 500,000 subs, um, but definitely I think a special stream would be in hand and possibly a special video. I mean, I'm open to ideas if you guys have anything. I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I feel like on the spot. Like, yeah, I don't know. But well, that's how I feel. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because I've been thinking about it for weeks, maybe months. Yeah. Because we've been, you know, slowly making our way to that point and nothing's coming to me. So I'm, I'm totally open to ideas if. If any, if you guys or anybody who's who's listening, you know, has an idea, I'm totally up for for hearing it because I think 500,000 is the second most significant milestone that I've hit. Mm-hmm. I think 100,000 because you qualify for the silver play button is yeah. the you know the biggest milestone I've hit. But half a million is is a lot of people. It is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's mind blowing to me that that many people have hit the subscribe button. Actually, a lot more people have hit that the subscribe button but then a lot of people have hit the unsubscribe button as well <laughs> so what we're seeing is the net gain we're not seeing the gross yeah i i've seen that happen too so like the subscribe mm-hmm. and then unsubscribe and then it's like what happened <laughs> so mm-hmm. <clears throat> um do you have any fan moments that like really stick out to you like a message or a comment that just really like encouraged you or just really stood out there was a one comment that really always sticks out whenever i think about this um i'll i'll leave the name anonymous i'm sure that's what he would he would like but he sent me an email and he basically told me that he had been going through some tough times with his family and you know rough stuff with his 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 parents and i think they were splitting up or or something like that and he was just really having a hard time and he said that my videos were the only thing, and he really emphasized that, the only thing that made him temporarily forget the situation that he was in wow. and was kind of keeping him going. And I, I just remember reading that, and I do receive quite a few emails. I, I, I know that my, my email says business only, um, but that's because I get a lot of people asking for money or accounts mm-hmm. or whatever, which I obviously can't do. But... You know, I'm very open to fan mail or whatever. But that email in particular, always I remember that because it was very early in my YouTube. Can you call it a career? I mean, whatever this is, <laughs> YouTube time, and it just made me realize that dang, it's not just about likes. You know, it's not just about numbers, mm-hmm. the views. It's not. I mean, it is because each view is a person that is watching this video, and who knows how many of them are being like how, uh, there's no telling how many people out there are are receiving that same type of positive energy from the video mm-hmm. you know and it, it whether it's getting them through their day or just giving them a laugh or a smile or even just a positive feeling i mean think about everything that gives negative feelings and everything does that nowadays if, mm-hmm. you, if you watch the news or get on social media for two seconds you're going to get depressed so yeah. it's a good thing to have positive influences out there and i it was really cool to, I guess, for it to be confirmed for me that, that I'm being that for at least somebody out there. That's awesome. No, I, I hear that a lot, actually. I hear a lot of people um, talking about how they just get away from the real real life and all the problems they have mm-hmm. uh, and just listen to and watch YouTubers just to get their mind off their their troubles. And so, yeah. Yeah. Even even people with the podcast uh, are bummed when they can't when we don't have an episode ready for them on Monday. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, isn't that what we're meant to do? Now we're we're meant to have fun, and that mm-hmm. should be a positive experience for people. And you know, occasionally we'll get somebody in like the YouTube chat, or, or not the YouTube chat. I'm used to streaming on YouTube. Uh, the D Live chat, the streaming chat, and you know they're being all negative for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to give them attention. Yeah. But I don't understand 
you know, I don't understand why it's a gaming, it's a, it's a gaming stream. We're having fun. We're chilling. We're hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to answer all the, the questions that I, I see or all the comments that I see in the chat. Of course, I miss 99% of them because that's just the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, well, I, I'm a positive guy and it isn't something that it's like, man, if I act positive, people will watch. It's like, no, you can't fake it that long and, yeah. and and stay sane. And that's a lot of the reason why a lot of people kind of burn out on YouTube because it's like they, when they turn the recording button on, they become someone new and it's impossible to, it's not necessarily lying, mm-hmm. but it's impossible to be someone different for that long in a, in a prolonged setting. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you are a content creator out there, be yourself. I know that sounds super corny and generic, but being yourself is the the key yeah to to being successful yeah I definitely feel like I can tell when people are like trying hard but I think that's easier to get wrapped up in that like when you're new like you're like I gotta figure out who I am as a streamer or YouTube channel and so yeah people can tell when you're fake and when you don't enjoy the game yeah so absolutely and then that genuine People want to see that genuine side of you as well. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I talk a little bit faster whenever I'm streaming or, or especially when I'm filming because I feel like, you know, keep up the energy. Yeah. I may not talk like this in real life, but that's because I'm putting forward a, uh, a, a YouTuber energy that I think will be a lot more entertaining, but you're still seeing 100% me. That's, that's my personality. I'm from Texas. If I talk the way I'm used to, y'all will all fall asleep. oh my goodness we talk real slow out here real slow you best just if you're gonna ask us a question you better just have all the patience otherwise you're going to fall straight to sleep i know people that talk like that you know why you 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 gave the you gave the credit to martial arts but i think it was just living in texas is what gave you patience <laughs> maybe a little bit <laughs> my grandfather talks like that 100 percent. that's so, so funny <laughs> yeah. yeah do you have a fame uh favorite uh farming strategy like an attack barch barch <laughs> barch is his favorite farming right. strategy i mean so if, you, if, if I have your permission to go into it in a little bit of detail, I think your audience would appreciate it. The, the details are very simple. If you need elixir, you do exactly what Tribe said. You throw out the barch and you just, you just chill. March and chill, get yourself some elixir, right? Because here's the thing. All of the good strategies are expensive. Right, all the yeah. strong ones. Like you got bow witch. You got what is it? The minor hog strategy. You got even things, the fun things like e drags or uh, Pekka smash or you know all those things. They're mm-hmm. very expensive on elixir. Miners, miners are awesome. Very expensive on elixir. So really, the elixir grind is really a tough, a, a tough time. And that's always the beginning. Whenever you first become a new town hall, you need to get that elixir quickly. So yeah. I think the strategy. And this is math-based, y'all, okay? <laughs> is spend a little, make a lot. Mm-hmm. Spend a little, make a lot. You can spend a lot and, and make a lot, but your, your net profit will be less, especially mm-hmm. if it takes a long time for that army to cook. If you have, like, one of those long 48, 56-minute armies, then especially even if you're boosted, you're still not going to get that many. But if you just throw out some barch snipe some collectors in mines don't care about your trophies at that point you're gonna make some profit and that's probably that's why tribe was right i think barge may be my favorite strategy (laughs) not because it's the most fun but because it's the most effective no i've seen you you, talk elixir go ahead i've seen you barge a lot so i I know you like barge i usually i usually do goblin knife myself so oh well yeah goblin knife is legit (laughs) man i mean so and then that's for elixir uh if you want dark elixir then that's when you can have some fun. If you don't need elixir, but you need dark elixir, that's when it's time to start throwing out some fun armies. Like like I mentioned, miners, dragons, e-drags, depending on your town hall level. Um, like uh, Tribe said, goblin knife, legitness. Love that strategy. <laughs> um, 
And if you if you're kind of in in the boat where you kind of need a little bit of everything, I've I've really leaned toward the air uh, like the air strategies like Lunian or La Lunian because they are very powerful. You don't necessarily need your heroes, and you're able to uh, farm up just about everything that you need with those strategies. So it just kind of depends your situation and your town hall level. I mean, obviously you can't throw out a bow witch if you're town hall nine. Mm-hmm. You know? Very true. Yeah, it definitely depends on town hall level and league because some leagues, some of those bases up in those high leagues, you kind of need one of those bigger armies. I mean, right now I'm in Titans and I can't exactly use Goblin Knife. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, the argument can be made that if you're going to go to a new town hall level, you should probably sell your stock in Legend League and drop down to Crystal and enjoy <laughs> a really casual experience until you're done with Elixir. And then... Uh, maybe start pushing up as you farm your dark elixir. Mm-hmm. Good, good idea. <laughs> so, do we have any more questions? Um, I want to ask this just because Tribe's gonna hate me for it. But what is your opinion on shovels? Ah, uh, <laughs> on shovel. <laughs> yeah. Versus spade. I mean, what's the question? <laughs> no, on like the obstacle removing shovels. Like ah, uh, the shovel of obstacles. Yes. What's my opinion of it? Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, it moves, <laughs> it moves stuff when you want it to move. I mean, yeah. I was excited when it came out because I was able to finally line up all my stuff the way I wanted to and mm-hmm. kind of have a, a written ledger of the history of my channel and my uh, and my account. So I was excited about it. But, I mean, once you've done the little organization that you want, really it's just worth 50 gems. Yeah. I'm just always giving him a hard time about shovels because he loves them, and I'm I love like, the shovels. Eh, they're all right. They're they're <laughs> awesome. I mean, yeah, you don't want your obstacles just everywhere in the base. You got to move them to exactly where you want them. The only problem with shovels is they're so darn expensive. Five hundred gems from the merchant. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, yeah. not to mention, um, you can only move them once. I, I wish I wish you could use a shovel and make that object a permanent movable object where you could just put it in your decorations inventory and then pull it out anytime you want and move it around that way you could move them into the middle of your base if you wanted to if you could move it permanently after you use the shovel on it you could make a base and you have the moat bases you could put some obstacles in that moat mm-hmm. i mean that would be really cool i have to admit yeah we're just always teasing them in our Discord about like people are like posts like screen grabs of them sh- yeah, selling people, their shovels. People selling their shovels and you know from clan games. Yeah, it's like come on, man, don't sell those shovels. <laughs> Give them to me. <laughs> right. I've always wanted to have one of those bases with the trees all intermixed into the base. Yeah. And I'm too OCD to leave my my base. You know to where all the stuff can spawn in the middle. Because to do mm-hmm. that, you'd have to line up all of your buildings on the outside ring mm-hmm. and then have the inside the middle like open to let stuff spawn. And then after you do that, you have to build your base around those things because they won't spawn otherwise. Yep. And so the better way to do that would be to have the shovels, but you can only have five at a time. You have to pay to get them most of the time. And I would want minimum 20 or 30 trees intermixed in there. So it would take a million years. So I'm just not motivated to do it but i think it'd be cool <laughs> yeah definitely definitely is that all we got um well actually like our son wanted to ask uh what sets clash of clans apart from other base building games in your opinion oh. i've always been impressed with how smooth clash of clans is like other base building games they feel gritty they build they feel static but the Clash of Clans, even though it's an older game, and it has gone through some major updates that we're not aware of, like quality of life things that we don't see, but mm-hmm. the team, Supercell team sees. And But even though it's so old, seven years old now, or getting there, or is it eight years now? I don't even know. Um, it's still so smooth. It's so easy to, to, to manage and use. And mm-hmm. that is kind of the main thing for me. Um I actually really appreciated the fact that you can attack from all sides. Whenever I first started playing the game, I expected it to be a bit like Boom Beach, where you're kind of forced to come from one direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the fact that it was able to be from all directions, basically you take the number of pixels on the screen, 
right? And then you multiply by the number of troops that you've got, and then you multiply by several other numbers that I'm not even aware of, and that's the amount of different possibilities and combinations that there are that the game has. It's mm-hmm. an incredible, it's way more complicated than the Rubik's Cube, and that's what makes it a fun game, because it's <laughs> the, the different options are, are endless. Yeah. So. Dude, that's awesome. Klaus, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we're about at an hour right now, so that's usually what our where our podcasts are ended. So, hey, do you want to plug your channels? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, man, thank y'all for having me on here. This was a lot of fun. Obviously, I'll yeah. be mentioning that I'm on this podcast uh, in some videos. I want them to, you know, my audience to be able to come over as well. So we'll do some cross pollination. It'll be a lot of fun. But uh, if anybody out there is watching my YouTube channel, is Klaus Gaming on YouTube. I've also got Klaus Media. If you're interested in that Minecraft stuff, 